0: This is going to be a flipping strong hand show, people. Welcome, everyone. Uh, don't forget to tweet this thing out, people. Really important. Let's get more eyeballs on this. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master. If you're a regular here, you're going to know all of this spiel. Uh, I run this channel, the Bullish Bitcoin Channel, which I believe is the alternative to the crappy lying BBC. You're going to get bullish signal here only. I only bring you bullish Bitcoin guests, so smash that like button and get this out there. Today is the 19th of October, 2023. I can't believe we are in the last quarter of 2023. It's like, wow, and everything's coming towards us, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. If you're new to the channel, read this disclaimer. No financial advice here. You ain't going to get it. Do your own research. You're not going to get price predictions, charts, any type of TA. Why? Because I don't have a financial background and I'm not even going to try. I'm just extremely bullish about Bitcoin. If you're finding my channel for the first time, ukbitcoinmaster.com, 600 videos over there. I've been live streaming since April 2018. And then if you go to bitcoininterviews.com, that narrows it down. There's a playlist there of over 80 Live interviews. This one will be added up there once we have finished. So check those out. And last but not least, I keep beating the drum on this not your keys, not your coins. If you have any coins on an exchange or on a custodial wallet on your phone, they don't belong to you. They belong to them and they can disappear in a heartbeat. So, advice learn about hardware wallets, learn how to get your Bitcoin off of. a hot, store, uh, uh, sorry, a hot wallet and get it onto a cold storage device like I've done. I would encourage you uh, to do that. Very quickly on the desktop, again, in the show notes is a link to my link tree page here. If you go there, you will find all the links to the, all the social media I'm on. Look, I've already had this channel taken down once and it could go down again quite easily. If you're following me on Rumble on my backup channel, which is UK uh, Bitcoiner, then if this channel gets taken down again, heaven knows why, but it did, then you'll know where you can uh, find me. Okay, If you're not on the Orange Pill app, can I encourage you to at least check it out? It's a great way of building the Bitcoin social layer. You've got loads of big names on there. Natalie Brunel on there. BT Sessions is on there. I've connected with many Bitcoiners around the world. I think it's a fantastic app. I really do. Um, Get 10,000 sats if you use my link that's in the show notes right now. That's your call entirely. Last but not least, please, and I know British Hodder will back this up as well. Don't be scammed, people. I will never respond to you in my chat with WhatsApp me or put something like you're looking at here. It simply won't happen. So if you see that it is a scammer, you've got to just ignore it. They're everywhere and they'll do everything they can to connect with you and steal your Bitcoin. Okay, I've got to tell you, I'm really excited about this one. I for you guys that are regulars, you know that I'm mega bullish. Now, the difference with me and British Hoddle mega bullish, we're going to talk about this. He clearly comes from a financial background and I don't. When I got that call in 2017, I'd never heard of Bitcoin. I'd never heard of crypto. I didn't know what the heck it was. My wife and I had retired down to the Canary Islands just to see our days out. And I got this really strange call, which led me down a rabbit hole. And boy, am I glad I did that? So I'm coming from that perspective of just having one of those moments where you just know, you know, you don't know, you just know if that makes sense. And when I delved into this, it just made a whole lot of sense to me. So I'm bullish for those reasons. In six and a half years, I've done one heck of a lot of research and watched loads and loads and loads of podcasters, financial whizzes, Larry Lapard, Preston Pish, British Huddle, and loads of them. And I've learned loads that makes me know that I am in the right place. And that is why I run this channel every Monday, every Thursday, live. Bring your live guests where I can to try and help other people that are regular dudes like me to get bullish. Okay. In comes British Hoddle. Uh, let's hope it works. Hey, mate, I'll tell you, it's great to have you in the house. It really is. I've been I've been wanting to reach out to you for ages, but the trouble is, and I'm just putting it out there, I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, you you really go at it, you know, but <laughs> do, do you know what? I've I, I got to say this, British Hoddle, you speak how I feel, but Can I say I'm too frightened to speak? The problem I've got is this. If I say something like you do and people come back at me, I don't have the skill set from a financial background to get into heavy debate, if that might make some kind of sense. So from my point of view, welcome to the channel. I suppose it might be a good idea to just maybe tell my audience a little bit about you and your background and Maybe how you discovered Bitcoin, because this is your show, not mine. I want them to hear from you. They hear from me all the time. So great to have you in the house. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, sir. They don't know you.
1: Firstly, thanks for having me on. And secondly, I I completely understand the hesitation and, and all that stuff. And that's what's beautiful about Bitcoin. is because anyone can come from any different background and add to Bitcoin. It is the most unique thing I've ever experienced uh, in, in my lifetime so far. And the fact that anyone from any background can come along and add value to Bitcoin and add a message to Bitcoin—that's a—that's beautiful. So my background—I started off uh, negotiating property deals at the age of sixteen in London. Cool. Um, cool. So yeah, my dad. My dad's always been involved in in, in property, and one day. Uh, he was negotiating a deal and I was standing around and he got off the phone and I said, that looks easy. (laughs) And, (laughs) and instead of, instead of telling me to, you know, to, to take a hike, he basically said, well, show me. Okay. And then, you know, I had that sinking feeling, which most people get when they're in their thirties, but my first sinking feeling at 15 and a half, when my mouth had just written a check that my body had to cash now, (laughs) um, So I had to figure it out. I had to learn about what a mortgage broker was, what a property developer was, what a solicitor was, you know, how mortgages are structured, why you need a furniture package in a new property, all this other stuff at 16 years old. yeah, Um, I started doing that. And then one thing, the stock market, then gold, and then eventually Bitcoin.
0: Wow! I hope the audience can hear you, you keep freezing. Oh dear! <laughs> can,
1: can, you, can you hear me? Because everything, everything looks fine on my side.
0: Yeah, um, I, I meant to say to this in, when we were in the green room, and I'll tell the audience, I'm in the UK and I've got the most crappy upload speed you could ever imagine. And the minute I get a guest on, someone freezes somewhere. So we're going to work through that. But yeah, carry on. Brilliant. So I'd love to know how that all evolved and how ultimately you came to Bitcoin. And I guess the question I want to throw in there, and I've got it written over there, you know, in that in that time when you went through your life and everything you did, I want to hear more of it, but I'd like to know if you crap coined as well. That's, that's important to me.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I didn't in my, from my perspective, and you could tell me whether I'm right or wrong on this, I didn't shit coin. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I, I, I believe I didn't is because while I definitely owned some, because I'm an investor, I got to understand how all of this works. Yep. I didn't, i i I didn't think that it was the future i I didn't put a significant it was like it's like 0.5 percent of my of my allocation at that point or something Mm. like that was it like various things just to understand um the tech side of it and understand like whether there was any merit in this because as an investor you know i've got background in real estate stocks gold everything else so to me, when I first came into Bitcoin, it's like, okay, maybe there is some merit. And at least maybe there is some speculative opportunities here, which is my background. So uh, I don't think I'm a, I'm a crap coiner, as, as you said, but you can <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. Uh,
0: no, listen, and, and to be honest with you, and, and what I wanted to do with this, I just wanted us to hold a conversation, but you and I yeah. are holding a conversation and others are just listening. So for me, that's the best way it works. For me, when I got into Bitcoin, I did the same. I, I think... And I, I I don't want to give away and mess my upset up, But I would say that probably 95% upwards was all Bitcoin. But I got myself a handful of Ethereum because I didn't know what I was doing. But all I would say is within about two years, I think I got rid of them and everything. I am literally... A pure Bitcoiner. Whether you call me a Maxi or not, I mean, there's a lot of different definitions on what a Maxi is. For me, um, I just believe that Bitcoin is the one shot that humanity has got. Uh, sound money again, taken out of the hands of all the corrupt. Without going into who they all are, we know them: bankers, politicians, governments, etc. And I don't think anything else comes close, you know. And I think I'm a deep thinker, British huddle. I I'm a real deep thinker, and I think. Down the road, always five years, ten years, and you know people are going, oh, um, you know, Bitcoin ain't done this yet. How come it ain't become payments yet? People do not understand how long it takes, and this is where I want your input because I'm not a financial person. How long it takes for companies to look at something like this and then maybe get all their board to agree it and teams of people that got to look at it and all the all the intricacies of it all, and people think it's going to happen overnight. And I never knew, I never thought for one minute. It would happen overnight. For me, it was a minimum 10-year play. That was for me.
1: Yeah. yeah. For me as well, I, I, I don't plan on looking at my Bitcoin. I only plan on adding to it uh, until somewhere around 2032, 2034. Um, at that point, I'll reevaluate and we'll look at mm-hmm. what's going on and I'll reevaluate the next 10 years of, of, of action. But it takes a while. I mean, look at what MicroStrategy... It took MicroStrategy six like eight or nine months mm. to, get in, to get fully allocated into Bitcoin. And that's with it going from top to bottom, right? Imagine most of these companies where the CEO is not as visionary as Michael Saylor yep. and, and the CEO is just trying to stay employed for the next quarter. And it's really trying to come from the bottom up for most companies. Mm. So, you know, if it took eight or nine months when it was going from the CEO down, and a, a visionary CEO at that, it could take two years with, with you know, going from bottom up. So, you know, um, there's a, there a lot here that people don't, people think that institutions move at the same pace as me and you, right? It's one of the reasons why I, I love uh, managing my own money because I can move at the speed of light. Yep. Whereas an institution can't. If, if BlackRock was managing my money, for example, or Goldman Sachs, or someone like that, it would take them a year to make a decision that I can make in 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 a month. You know, yeah. so we have to we have to allow for that. Mm. So,
0: what I, I guess where I want to get to is, I am watching you of late, and you are beating this drum, and I want you to beat that drum to my look. Here's the problem: we're in an echo chamber. We, we keep hearing this. We keep saying it. The people we're talking to predominantly are Bitcoiners anyway. What we need to try and do is get outside that echo chamber and get people to um, understand why they should consider. And I always say, look, you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish, you know, set yourself a goal. How do I get to one Bitcoin? I keep hearing you saying, you know, get to one Bitcoin, get to one Bitcoin. I don't care what you do, get to one Bitcoin. And I've always been of that opinion that no matter who we are, look, I'm working class 20 years as a a, a lorry driver, truck driver, depending on who's listening. Um, So I got no experience in financial markets. But when I saw this, I knew that if somebody had one Bitcoin, they would be in such a unique position in the future and I've been listening to you beat that drum of late beat it on my show because it's true isn't
1: it well here, here's a question for you then what what did it for you what was the missing piece what was the what was the final piece of the puzzle that made you go i, I like this this is it I need this what what was that final piece of information that did it for you
0: do I really need to tell you <laughs> people will probably say I'm a bit unique I got a phone call my wife and I got a Skype call, actually. We were living down in the Canary Islands. Um, it was May the 23rd, 2017. And it was a strange call because it was an old business colleague of mine from Stoke-on-Trent. And um, he said, Look, I want to talk to you. And we, we, we sat on Skype. And two hours later, I jumped off of Skype. My wife's analytical. So when somebody says something, somebody who's analytical says, Why? And it's not being yeah. obnoxious. It's just they want to know why. They want the answers to it. So I was just soaking it all up. And she was saying, why, why, why? And anyway, two hours later, I've jumped on YouTube. I'm all over this. All I could find was Andreas Antonopoulos and a guy that's in my chat right now, Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. And I thought, this American guy's totally crazy or he's onto something. And he was ranting like the clappers. And so I got sucked into that. I kept watching Andreas Antonopoulos. And I, I said to my missus at the time, I think, I think Bitcoin, coin was about $2,050, something like that. And I said to her, I've got to get some. This is going up by tomorrow. You know, the the silly thing. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what the four-year cycles were. And I said, this thing's going up and we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. And I think I'd got on local bitcoins by the end of the day and connected with some guy and had to do the bit, holding up the bit of paper saying that I'm getting it, you know, for my own reasons and stuff. Stood by the swimming pool taking these photographs. It was most bizarre. And I think... By that day or the next day, I think I already had three coins. So yeah. there wasn't but there wasn't I, a moment, British Hoddle. It was for me. It
1: was like light bulb. It really that, was. That was my, that was my point. My my point was to demonstrate that for you and for me, we have all the information, right? But there is a moment where fear or greed takes over, and that's what makes it click. And so. My job is, I believe, is twofold. Number one, I definitely wanna talk to people like my parents who have spent 35 years adding to the United Kingdom, building their property portfolio and ended up getting screwed because the value of their property portfolio has not maintained the value of the amount of pounds that were printed. That's definitely number one. It's a new market. Number two is to embolden existing Bitcoiners who hold Bitcoin now, like my parents now versus where they were in 2020, 2021, where it's scary. Yeah. Right. You, you see the price move. You see the price move 10% up or 10% down. It's scary because you've never experienced it with any other asset and it's liquid, right? So you know, my, my my job is to help my parents before they became Bitcoiners, basically, and then help people like my parents after they became Bitcoiners to embolden their confidence in what Bitcoin is and why they're actually holding Bitcoin. Yeah. So I, that, that's really my goal. My goal is to help people who are, you know, I would say rich, but don't like Thinking that they're rich because they're actually rich, right? If you've got if you've got uh, you know a two million pound property portfolio or a million pound property portfolio, you're 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 rich, but you don't like saying it, especially in the UK because we don't have that culture, unlike unlike the US. Yeah, and so you know the biggest travesty to me is that. The, the people on the lower end of the economic scale, I, I, as I've always said, honestly, I hope they benefit from everything I'm sharing. But the desire for me is not for them, because at the end of the day, if you haven't got anything, yeah. you have nothing to protect anyway. So yep. the and, and in addition to that, before I sound too insensitive, there's a lot of good content out there for everyone in Bitcoin. But for me, I wanted to empower the people who have done the right thing for 40 years, who have followed all the rules, who have paid the taxes, who have built, invested in the country, who have worked, who have done all that and has still got screwed. That's yep. what my goal is. Yep.
0: No, no, I get that completely. I mean, I know off air, you said, you know, just throw anything at me and we'll have a debate about it. So here's me pushing back on something you say, um, and I just want debate. And that debate is, you know, you talk about, let me get this right, I think it's the $50 a month and the $1,000 net, net worth is... Oh, no,
1: this is, you've got to get this right. you got to get this right, <laughs> right. The $10 a month DCA gang... And the thousand dollar net worthers,
0: yep, yep, right,
1: so a big th- fan group. that's my biggest fan group
0: okay, okay, so am i am I reading that wrong um because for me, working class, you know i 've got family members that are dcaing fifty quid a month it's all they can do they they've caught oh. my vision of Bitcoin, and they you know haven't got much money, but they can see value in putting this into Bitcoin because you know the, the the value of their pounds going down over time and I've explained that and the value of the their Bitcoin can go up over time. So I, I like you said earlier, I think there's a market for everyone and every one of us will touch different markets. And I it, i I guess that was born out of somebody put a message um in my on, on on in my comments after one of my shows a couple of weeks ago and it was I think it was I was using your line and I think it was something like the, the door is closing for the common man or the common yeah. man's almost going to be priced out. Uh, and I yeah. think they are going to be priced out of a whole Bitcoin. And, you know, with that vision again, I can see a world quite quickly where we won't be talking about getting one Bitcoin. It will be an absolute goal to get to point one Of a Bitcoin, if that makes sense. So what I'm doing with people around me is saying, look, set yourself a goal. Aim to get to point one. And when you get there, go for point two. Get a longer goal of point five. You know, yes. uh, But, you know, I was speaking to my nephew the other day and, you know, I said to him, I said, look, you know, right now, and I guess some of this is your words. I said, look, right now, the average person anywhere around the world would a lot of people wouldn't, but, but but would take out a car loan and buy a car for 25 grand, right? And yet you say to somebody, 25 grand on a car loan that depreciates or 25 grand and put it into Bitcoin and get yourself a whole Bitcoin for the future. And I'll tell you what, 99 out of 100 of them are going to go for that car. They really are. So it's really, really tough. But I'm doing my bit with family and people I connect with and saying, look, you want to aim for one Bitcoin, Get what you can as fast as you can because the window's closing.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, listen. Look. The, the reason why that is the case is because the car inst- it inspires more fear or greed than Bitcoin does for that person in that moment. Yep. Which is why. Which is why I try and I, I try and speak in a way that I talk to in my own mind. Yep. I don't try and filter my own mind for the audience, because some people are at the point where they're ready or some people are going to hear that and it's going to spark something off. And, you know, 10 days later when they're sitting around drinking a beer or having a coffee, they're it's going to come back into their mind and and they're going to go, oh, I I get it now. It's it's, suddenly it's going to click. But, you know, the point I want to make on the $10 a month DCA gang and the $1,000 net worth is I'm not insulting anyone who is working hard, adding value to their country, um, doing the right thing and saving in Bitcoin—that's not who I'm talking about. Yep. What I'm talking about is the people on my on my Twitter or my YouTube who, who who have comments around how things work in the financial system, but don't have a pot to piss in. That's who I'm talking about. That that yep. is who I'm talking to. Yep. It's it's not an insult to the common man by any stretch. If if I wanted to insult the common man, I, I wouldn't be doing my YouTube channel because my parents are my parents are commoners that that worked hard and made it right. My, my dad is an immigrant into the United kingdom. I'm a proud Brit. Like it's, it, it this is what the United kingdom is built on. Yeah. So, you know, those two comments are, are for a specific group of my fan base. And there's the biggest part of my They love me so much. They can't resist.
0: Which is cool. That's, that's all I wanted to get to because I, I wanted to talk to you in person because I didn't think for one minute from, from listening to you, you're the sort of person that wants to willingly offend anyone, but sometimes we need to tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And do you know what I Absolutely. mean? And, and, and your Absolutely. message coming out loud and clear to me is this window is closing for the regular guy to get one Bitcoin. So talk to my audience guess, around that. I
1: guess I, I guess I would rather be hated by someone who got to one Bitcoin than, than loved by someone who didn't. Yep. Right? Yep. Because- yep. I understand I'm not going to be here in, in eight years. Like there's yep. no value in anything I have to say in eight years time. Yep. And I'm completely comfortable with that. Imagine that I'm spending all of this time, all of this effort, putting this message out there, putting this energy out there, putting myself out there, knowing that it's going to come to an end very soon. It is. Right. I haven't. I I almost haven't put no actually that's a lie I was gonna lie on your channel in a sec uh, almost but I did I put <laughs> you do what you want then I, man. I I've put I, I've put a similar amount of energy into you know British huddle and this message of get to one Bitcoin that I have in businesses that I've done yep, before yep. so and and it's like there, what is what other reason is there to do this than to tell people. <clears throat> are going to miss out especially now when you started right people can say okay 2017 to 2023 you know what happened maybe i haven't missed out firstly the price price went up 20x Right. So, you know, you've, you've shot yourself in the foot there. But now the one thing that's never, ever happened to Bitcoin is about to happen, which is a demand shock. Bitcoin has never, ever experienced a demand shock. You know, there's a lot of ex-BlackRock manage, uh, managing directors, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera, coming out and saying that there's probably going to be about $150 billion worth of purchasing demand within three years of the ETF coming out. Yep. Now, if you actually think through that, right, there's 252 trading days in a year in order to in order to spread that 150 billion dollars over three years which is something like 750 days of of trading days the daily purchasing demand assuming that all of it is evenly spread out on a daily basis over that three years which it never is yeah but assuming it is the daily purchasing demand goes up to around 192 million dollars a day of Bitcoin purchasing
0: yep
1: current price at 27,000, based on FundStrats research, is being maintained by $25 million a day worth of purchasing. Yep. So, what does this mean? It means that on the very first day of the ETF, if this is true, the Bitcoin price, in order to maintain an equilibrium, needs to go up to $192,000. Right. You've got twenty five million dollars a day of purchasing right now to keep the price where it is. And you're about to get an injection of one hundred and ninety two million dollars a day. Mm. And there that's that's the institutions telling you that that's not that's not some crackhead on on YouTube that just got hyper bullish named British Huddle telling you that that's the ex managing directors of BlackRock.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. So when people tell me that none of this is possible, it can't happen. This, that, and the the thing that I go back to is people have never ever experienced an asset that has true finality of scarcity. That's what it is. People buy property thinking that they've done the right thing and it's scarce and the value's going up because there's not enough houses. The difference is the government can can issue one order and print a hundred thousand more homes in the next five years or 10 years or 20 years. You can't do that with Bitcoin with gold. You know, I had this little gold spat back and forth with Peter Spino from goldseek.com on my, on my Twitter and all the, go- I used to be a gold guy, right? I used to be out here telling people to buy gold uh, and not Bitcoin by the way, right? Because I didn't understand Bitcoin back then. So I was telling people gold over Bitcoin back then. And his argument to me was gold is it gold is essential because, because it's, or we've reached no he said we've reached peak gold because it is now taking longer and longer to find new gold discoveries now i used to love goldseek.com back in the day now it's a joke to me especially when he said that to me because at the end of the day what this guy failed to realize is that over the last decade decade and a half the investment in gold discoveries has collapsed so how do you expect gold discoveries to go up when the investment in them has gone down? Yep. It doesn't make any sense. So these gold bugs have got these dreams about this illusionary scarce asset, but we don't know whether it's truly scarce or not. We don't know what happens to the price of gold once we hit $10,000 an ounce, because if we hit $10,000 an ounce, I'm pretty sure I've got some gold at home, some jewelry or whatever that I'm going to be selling. Right. Everyone has. So suddenly the supply in the market goes up, discoveries go up and more gold can be printed out of the earth. So the reflexivity of the stock to flow for gold, the stock to flow for anyone watching who doesn't understand it, is basically how many years does of new flow does it take to replace all of the on ground supply? That's how we measure the hardness of an asset. Mm-hmm. And currently it's 55 to 62 years, which means you already know when, when, when the, the, the gold Institute tells you it's 55 to 62 years, you already know it's reflexive because if it was fixed, how does it go from 55 to 62? Right. And so as the price goes up, what happens to that, to that stock to flow ratio? Nobody knows. What I do know is that with silver, which is what everyone's, uh, everyone's, you know, everyone that fails with gold suddenly starts talking about silver. Right. So with silver, What people don't realize is the Silver Institute itself tells you that the stock to flow ratio of silver is 15 years, which means it takes 15 years to replace all of the on ground supply with new flow. That can come down to three years as the price gets closer to $50 an ounce, which is why the silver price never breaches $50 an ounce. So all of these assets, we've never experienced any asset that is truly scarce, truly final. You know, I don't know whether you're into watches, but in the last, in the last uh, period over in 2020, 2021, people started buying a bunch of watches, Rolexes, everything else, right? And the yeah. price shot up. What did Rolex do? They've spent their time perfecting their manufacturing, and they're putting out way more watches now than they were three years ago. That can't happen with Bitcoin. You can't just make more watches. You can't just print more Bitcoin. You can't just dig more Bitcoin out of the ground. That's not how it works. This is the first time in human experience that we've experienced something that's truly scarce besides your own life. Yeah. No. That's it. It's your own life and Bitcoin. That's the only two scarce things on the earth.
0: And you can literally know exactly when. Bitcoin will stop being produced as well. Twenty-one forty-one, I believe. So, at any given time, you can look at the blockchain and tell exactly how many Bitcoin there are out there, etc. Which, again, you can't do with gold, can you?
1: Right, right. And I actually, you know, after I after I uh, sold my entire gold position and, and pivoted into into Bitcoin, uh, a few of my friends were actually prominent. Prominent gold and silver guys started ridiculing me about it. And I and I, I remember the, one of the text messages I sent um, to him, and it was, if you can tell me exactly how many gold grams were dug up out of the ground yesterday, <laughs> I would put 50% of my net worth back into gold. And obviously, I'm still waiting for an answer.
0: So my question to you then is... Wh- Why don't gold bugs get this? You know, it's logical. Peter Schiff is one. I mean, for me, I think he's got to have some, you know. But he just he's beating on it all the time. And I don't understand what he's missing. Someone like him, and you've done the same, you'll understand scarcity. You'll understand stock to flow and all those things. Surely... It's logical, is it? Out of it's only fourteen years old, and it might go away, and the governments might shut it down, and all that stuff. What makes gold bugs push oh, push back so much?
1: So, in my experience, obviously being a gold bug and uh, promoting gold, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and knowing these guys, speaking with these guys uh, on stages and everything else, it's either stupidity or maliciousness yeah right and yeah. The second one is more concerning than the first one so here's what here's what I will say the only arguments that a gold bug should be making for why they're not into Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is too young yeah that's it everything else that a gold bug says Bitcoin fulfills better than gold so The question then is, are you too stupid because you are too emotionally involved with the asset? Like, I'll give you an example. This happens with every asset. My parents are emotionally in love with their property portfolio. Why? Because They've put so much work into it. It's the one thing that's helped them. It's the one thing that's, it's the one thing that's actually worked over time. So they're emotionally in love. Guess what? When I'm my parents' age, I'll be emotionally in love with my Bitcoin. I'm yeah. sure at some point when I have children, they'll be telling me, listen, look, Bitcoin's cool, but it's played out. You need to get into the next, whatever the next thing is, uh, in you know, in 50 years or whatever it is. And so I'll still be in love with my Bitcoin at that point because of the amount of work that I've put into it. Right. So it's is it stupidity? That's the first question. Second question is, is it maliciousness? And that's the one I worry about because all of these gold guys Besides, and to his credit, Mike Maloney, who has promoted Bitcoin, who has said Bitcoin is a scarce asset, who has accepted that and promoted it, which I respect fully. These other guys, you go, you make money selling gold products. You make money selling gold investments. You make money selling gold bars. You make money money selling gold. So are you incentivized to poop on Bitcoin? Because of the amount of money you're making. And what does that mean for the audience that you're speaking to? Yeah. That's the question. Well, you're doing them a disservice in my book. You're doing them a grave disservice. But is it malicious? Mm. Right? Doing someone a disservice. You could do someone a disservice by being stupid. But does Peter Schiff actually know that Bitcoin is better than gold, actually hold Bitcoin himself and still poop on it? That's malicious. Mm. So, so he's, he's, incentivized. he's
0: incentivized. He's incentivized. He's got a he's got a gold fund, you know. I don't know what his worth is or what his fund is worth, but you know that's his business. So it's almost right. like saying I'm going to go and I'm going to go and dump my own business down the tubes um, just to tell people about how good Bitcoin is. But you know, Larry Lepard, you know, I've met him in person. He's a great guy, and you know he's got it. You know, gold and Bitcoin are both on the same fight. You know, go, trying to get us back to sound money. But Bitcoin is without a doubt the fastest horse in the race, you know? So I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, you are right. I think, you know, if, if Peter Schiff is doing what you've just said, then that's really not good, is it? Because he is influencing people's lives, people's financial futures with what he says.
1: Yeah. And the one thing that gold, you know, they, they always talk about saving and gold, but gold in essence is, is for the elites because, If I buy an ounce of gold, when I buy gold, right? When I used to buy gold, I was buying ounces of gold.
0: That's what I wanted and you I, to talk about when people buy grams. Yeah. I heard it on your show. Right.
1: right. And when I buy, when I was buying ounces of gold, I'm paying a two or 3% premium on the price of gold. So if gold is $2,000 an ounce, I'm buying that ounce for $2,040. Right. Makes sense. Someone's got to make some money along the way. Absolutely fine. Which yep. means that for me, gold has to go up from 2000 to 2040 before I start making a profit. Fair. Yep. Fair enough. Now, what they'll do is, and, and they'll try and bolster the cash flow revenues of their business is convince people to, to save in gold. Right. And when they convince people to save in gold, what they're telling them to do is on a monthly basis out of your paycheck. Buy a gram of gold, put it to the side, and it will serve you in the future, right? Everyone's heard this, right? The problem with that is that when you buy a gram of gold, I can go and look on AppMex right now, and it's about $100 for a gram of gold. But if you go look at goldprice.org, a gram of gold is like $60. So what that means is you're paying a $40 premium. It's like handing over a $100 bill or a hundred or 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 you know 250 pound notes and receiving back 60 pounds or 60 dollars of of material which means that gold price now has to go up by 70 percent before I break even yeah Mm -hmm. think about it so but that's the best model for for bolstering cash flows for, for these gold businesses
0: So what you're saying is, then, it really just does. It it just does not benefit anyone to be buying grams. You do better to save it up and buy an ounce.
1: Well, that's another scam of every asset besides Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's, let's say it takes you ten months in order to save up. Oh, it's actually more than that. Let's say it's it's you know let's say it's twenty months, right? It takes you to save up in order to buy that ounce, right? your money your cash flow your currency is being devalued over that 21 period while you're saving up so by the time you get there the value of the currency is now is now depreciated yep right this is the same issue people have with houses right they save up their entire life to buy a house by the time they get to buying a house the house is worth 50% more than it was the, the, or valued at 50% more yep. than it was. And now they gotta keep working, they gotta get into the rat race. This is this is this is the basic idea of the rat race. So that's the other scam with, with this with, with every other asset besides Bitcoin. Because with Bitcoin, me as a multi-millionaire is buying the same asset as a multi-billionaire, as the same person who's a working class person, as the same person who is on the street. We're all buying the exact same asset with the exact same cost. Maybe there's a one or 2% difference between my purchasing price and Michael Saylor's purchasing price based on the volume. Sure. Mm. Right. Mm. But that's it. It's the first time in human history where we're all buying the exact same asset for the same cost basis.
0: Okay. Let me pivot. I keep hearing, and I've forgotten the terminology. I'm not going to say, um, trilemma, but You've got three things converging. You've got the halving coming up. You've got the spot ETFs. And then you've got, there's one other, and oh, it's just gone right out of my head. I wanted to ask you, what do you see happening? You're really bullish on this. This is one of the reasons you keep saying the window is closing. ETF this year, next year. I mean, look, in all honesty, I'm happy with January next year, you know I've held for six and a flipping half years, so a little bit longer I'm going to be okay with. but you know nobody's got a crystal ball. but your thoughts on all of this I'm, I'm, it wasn't a demand shock. It was, what was the third thing? Somebody put it in the chat. I can't remember what it was. While I think of it, over a hundred viewers and 56 likes. Come on, people, your Bitcoin can be helped number go up by more people finding mine and HODL's channels and getting hold of this information. So like it, share it. What are your thoughts around these things that are all starting to converge?
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're entering a perfect storm scenario here for an asset with, with finality of supply. Yep. Um, the halving coming up is programmed. We know exactly what's going to happen. We know how it's going to work. Institutions know how it's going to work. Everyone knows that supply is going to get cut by half in yep. April next year around April next year. The ETF, I I think that it will happen by mid-Jan of 2024, but I personally, as I put out on many videos and tweets, I personally lean to 2023. It makes more sense if I'm an institution and I'm now working with with the SEC to have the the ETFs approved at least a quarter before the halving. Why? Because if I'm selling anything, let's say I wanna sell these cans of water, right? I need to create these cans of water. I then need to explain to my sales team what they are. I need to explain why we've gone from bottles to cans. And I need to explain to them who the target market is. Yeah. Then they need to get trained on, on, on how to sell it, why the benefits of the can is better than the benefits of a plastic bottle. And then they need to actually get on the phone and sell the thing, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest sales pitches for uh, Bitcoin is the halving, the fact that there is a supply shock coming. If I'm a seller, if I'm a, if I'm a, you know, an asset management salesperson on the phone and I'm talking to a client, the biggest thing I can say is the supply shocks coming, it's about to go down by half and it's coming in, in a few months. And when you're dealing with institutional clients, it takes them a few months to move cash, to move money from one asset to the other, to liquidate positions, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes sense to me that we get it this side of the year because they then have a few months to prepare for the halving and to sell the asset into the halving. Uh, And they want to make money. They want to make fees, right? I just follow the money. Everyone goes, how do you think about the things that you think? I just follow the money. (laughs) It's just very, very simple. I just follow the incentives. So to me, If there is any amount of conversation between BlackRock, ARK Invest, Fidelity, all these other people and and the SEC, what they're saying is we need a few months to to actually sell this thing to our clients. So um, I lean for 2023. We'll see whether it happens. And then the SEC not appealing. Uh, the Grayscale lawsuit last week was very, very important. So, you know, it emboldened my view that we're going to get it. It's going to be 2023 or by the mid-Jan. But if it comes mid-Jan, I'll still take the credit.
0: It's nearly here. That's all I've got to say. I've been hearing, I think it was Eck, I believe, when I got in in 2017, I didn't understand what an ETF was, but they were saying, you know, Eck have put in for an ETF and it's been pushed back and it's been pushed back and it's going to be forever pushed back. Well, if it comes in January 2024, we're three months away. I don't right. give a chuff. I'm just holding right. my Bitcoin, stacking more when I can, and I'm all right with all of that. Question. Do you think the price of Bitcoin is being manipulated? Bean being being? I have this
1: debate. <laughs> so, many, that's so, many thousand. Dollar, so many thousand dollar net worthers I have this debate with. It's like, look, what do you mean by manipulation? If you mean manipulation is someone's selling Bitcoin into the market, that's market forces. That's going right. to happen. So yeah. I have to ask people, what do you mean by manipulation? Because if you're using the natural forces of supply and demand to sell assets like for example sam bankman fried right turns out in his law in his in in the ftx case this week they were illegally selling customer bitcoin in order to keep the price down so the part where he's illegally selling customer bitcoin is the fraud not the selling bitcoin keeping the price down right that's just a market function so you know, it really depends. Like, I, I, I've, I've done a video, uh, I heard Willy Woo talking about how nation states could suppress the price of Bitcoin by getting together and selling $40 million worth and of $40 million. And
0: that f- shocked me, Willie Woo saying that, if I'm
1: honest. Did you watch uh, my video rebuttal to it?
0: I don't think but I did, false. but I remember him saying that, and I thought, this guy's such a clever guy. Where's that coming from?
1: yeah so you know what what he failed to mention in that little segment on what bitcoin did by the way what bitcoin did what a job peter's doing right come on i mean that's absolutely amazing another brit like that's absolutely amazing what he's doing but when Willie woo said that you know i laughed because firstly everyone started tagging me in that and wondering you know what, oh my god Willie woo said this so i was mm-hmm. like okay cool let me, mm-hmm. let me take a stab at this so as i'm watching it I'm realizing that he's completely ignoring the fact that you would need complete political alignment in the USA. Because firstly, when he says a nation state could do this, only the US capital markets are big enough to pull off what he's saying. So therefore, it's only the US, right? No other capital markets is going to do what he's saying. Mm. So it's only the US. You would need complete political alignment, first off. He ignored the fact that you would need complete and utter violation of every securities laws that's out there. You would need complete and utter violation of every commodities trading law that's out there. You would need complete and utter violation of every market stabilization law that has been developed in the United States. So my response to him in my video summary was, sure, it could happen. (laughs) But what's the damn probability of that? It's like 0.1%. Because the US markets are the best in the world for a reason. They've got hedges against all these things. More importantly, if that was to even happen on a scarce asset like Bitcoin, if you started seeing positions in the market like that, you would start taking the other side because eventually they'd have to cover their short position, Hmm. especially on an asset that's that scarce. So, you know, is the price being manipulated? I love the grin. (laughs) <laughs> is, it just, uh, is it just market forces? All I'll say is this. You know, everyone goes on about the the, the the best doom and gloom boomer argument on gold is that the price is being manipulated. Well, the biggest lawsuit that has ever been done on gold price manipulation was JP Morgan, and they got screwed for spoofing the market. Spoofing the market is if the price is $2,000, I go and put in a bunch of sell orders or buy orders at 1900 And the price starts to come down. And before it executes, I pull my order. That's it. That's it, right? So, yeah. Does it sound crazy because it's millions and millions of dollars? Sure. But most manipulation cases now in US markets are are very, very small as a percentage of market cap. There's obviously going to be bad actors in the market, but they get sniffed out very quickly.
0: Fantastic. Brilliant. Let me just check the chat. Uh, Somebody, Darren, um, he put my name in. I like to read them out. He said, I originally came across Bitcoin in December 12. Nobody I knew had any knowledge of it. And the online resource as to informing exactly what it was in 2012 was very. Yeah, no, actually, Darren, that's exactly what I was saying. There was hardly anything out there. Um, so, British Hoddle, let me ask you this. As Crikey, that's nearly an hour gone already. Flipping out. Where's it go? It's interesting because you could literally sit down with another Bitcoiner and you could talk into the night, couldn't you? Because you're both in alignment with your beliefs, where it's going, what's happening with the world. And uh, my question is, you said something you will stack until, I think you said 2032 or 2033. I mean, crikey, that's three halvings by then, isn't it? Holy moly. So where do you think this whole thing's going to be in a decade? Because I'll tell you why I'm asking it before you answer. Because you look at... 2017, my first Bitcoins were two grand a coin. Of course, we hit 20K. You know, we then had the... 90, 85, 90% correction. Then we had the bear market. And by the way, for those that have never heard me before, I've had people say to me, ah, you're so bullish when it's a bull market, but I bet you're not like that in a bear market. People, go into my archives, find any video you can find in 2018 or 2019 where I am bearish on Bitcoin, the asset long term, and bring it to my attention. And I'll humbly say, I'm sorry, you won't find one, people. I've been doing this for five and a half years, and I'm as bullish as hell. That doesn't mean I'm bearish on the price when it goes down sometimes. You cannot have an asset just go up and to the right. It must correct. So that said, where's this thing going to be by the early 30s then?
1: I think we're looking at depending on depending on how much capital flow starts coming into it, and depending on which players start coming into it. I mean we've got the we, you know, we've got the ETF world now that's basically on the precipice of it. We've potentially got the foreign exchange markets, right? Because of what Strike is building, what the ex direct David Marcus, who's the ex PayPal yeah. managing uh,
0: Yeah, I watched president. him on Peter McCormick. That was good.
1: Yeah like so that's a 5 that's a 7 trillion dollar a day market right it's 7 trillion dollars every single day that are used for foreign exchange transactions around the world yeah um you know so if 10% of that market says we can do foreign exchange transactions on bitcoin a lot easier than we can on other rails you know, you got that, then you've got, you know, corporate treasuries potentially putting five or 10% of their corporate treasury into Bitcoin. Then you've got the people who look at property, like my parents right now, right? looking at property law in the UK and the taxes that this so-called conservative government is trying to put into place. Mm. And, and, and they're just wondering what the hell is going on. Right. Mm. So they're now looking at, at dumping their property portfolio, um, because it just hasn't made sense. So you know, you look at that, like how many people are going to come out of traditional assets and and get into Bitcoin, right? The property market around the world is $330 trillion. Um, so it, depending on how all of this pans out, I think we're looking at a $100 trillion Bitcoin market cap uh, by early 2030s, which would put the price per Bitcoin at around $4.7 million a coin.
0: Will you take that, people, in the chat? Just a bit? I mean... Do you know something? I don't think, you know, I'm I'm extremely bullish. I may not be able to convey it like you, but I'm so bullish it keeps me awake at night. I just it's just the, the thought of being in this early to this asset and what this asset can do for the future. And I'm with you. Generational wealth. You know, I'm doing this. My My biggest issue is generational wealth for me, is taken care of with our kids and grandkids and great grandkids. My fear is, how do we pass the baton? You know, there's a lot to, to you know, to, um, there's a lot to be built out yet to make it easier to pass that generational uh, wealth down. But I, I just don't think any of us have got a real clue about how face ripping and melting this thing will be come the end of this decade, you know, and I always say, you know, we went and lived in the Canary Islands. We came back from the Canary Islands in 2017. I can't believe the six years since we came back and we'll go again. We'll be off to Portugal at some point, but six years have passed and another six years will pass and we'll be at 2029 and I'll be 70. Oh my God, what's that about? Um, the point is, it's going to come round really, really quickly and I'm just, we're back to where we started the show I'm imploring anyone and everyone, if you have some means or some method of getting to one Bitcoin, do it now because that window is closing so rapidly. I can see the damn thing shutting. So I just don't think anybody really gets what this is going to do for humanity and money in general across 8 billion people.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if the only problem that it solves is store of value, it has fixed the number one problem that every single person is touched with in the yep. world. This is another reason why I don't crap coin, right? Yep. Because because if I, if I think about what I want to put my money into as an investor, the first question that you have to ask yourself is what problem does it solve? So if I want yep. to put my money into Tesla, I need to analyze what problem Tesla is solving mm. and whether there's value in solving that problem, right? Same thing with Bitcoin. I understand what is the problem Bitcoin is solving. Same thing with any of these crap coins. What is the problem that these crap coins are solving? What you realize very quickly when you start using half a brain and doing some analysis is that Bitcoin has actually solved the problem. Yeah. Whereas all of these crap coins, what they're doing is giving you a piece of paper that's been written by a couple nerds telling you we're going to hopefully one day solve this problem. But we need your capital right now. We can't get this registered as a security because it's a complete scam. So I'm launching it as a token because I want to violate the securities laws and, and, and not present a proper investment the way it's meant to be presented. And I want to take advantage of the I take advantage of the Wild West markets that are out there, and I want you to put your money, your hard earned money, into them. To me, it's like I want to put my hard earned money into something that has solved the problem, yeah. right? Like Tesla didn't go public until it had actually solved the problem, right? They'd already built a car by then, and then they needed to go public to scale it. So that's what I want to aim for. That's what I want to focus on, which is why I don't think about crap coins. I don't think about anything else. The biggest, single biggest problem in the world is every single person in the world getting subjugated by the fact that the money that they earn, the spiritual energy that they convert into currency through their physical labor gets devalued by the by the fiat financial system that we've lived in under subjugation for 230 years. That's what Bitcoin solves.
0: Well, amen, I could say. <laughs> so do you think we're at the then they fight you stage? Are we coming out of the then they fight you stage? Where where are we at with all of that? I mean, I've gone what through the ESG narrative and, you know, all of it. I've watched Jamie Dimon one minute calling it a fraud, the next minute saying, you know, he'll, 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 he'll terminate anyone's employment that buys it. Then his daughter pops up and says, I've got Bitcoin, Dad. And, you know, we've seen Larry Fink and all the rest of them. Is there more to come?
1: How can, we, how can we be in the then they'll fight you stage when Larry Fink is talking about Bitcoin being a flight to quality every chance he gets? On so you're saying national. we're coming out of it? We're out of it. It's the, not even we're coming out of it. It's done. How they filed people. for an ETF. They how filed bullish. for an ETF. Like, what are we talking about? It's done. Larry Fink has been bent over by Bitcoin and it's finished. They, the, the fighting is done. That was the last cycle. This cycle, what you're going to see is adoption. This is what I'm saying. The demand shock is, and I understand people have PTSD with how much that you know uh, that how much these institutions have been fighting Bitcoin. But it's done. They filed for an ETF. The f- most powerful man in finance is on TV calling Bitcoin a, a flight, flight to, to safety. Quality. Mm. Come yeah. on, like what are we talking about? It's done. Listen, I just want bullishness
0: and I've got it. (laughs) Look, seriously, if this doesn't get 20 million views with two bullish people like this on it, I don't know what will. But seriously, seriously, um, thank you for coming on. I've had an absolute blast. I hope you have as well. Um, You audience members, I always go in and chat with my audience, but this just hasn't been possible with that chat. But for those of uh, British HODL's, um supporters that have come over to check this out. Please follow me. Give me a little bit of a love as well, people, because I've been doing this for five and a half years. I'm not monetizing it. I'm just doing it to share the Bitcoin message so we can stop regular people going down the poop coin, crap coin route. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, so the more eyeballs get on it, the better. And as you said, British huddle. We need more people. We need more people talking about Bitcoin in a positive light because every, I believe anyway, every, let's call them podcasters, whatever it is, have got their place and they've got their audience. And, and many people will be turned off by me, but not by you and vice versa. And we've all got to try and find our audience. Now in the chat, Sorry, in the show notes, as soon as it's finished, I'm going to put your Twitter link and I'm going to put the link to your YouTube channel. Anything else you want to shout yeah. out to the audience before you go?
1: The first thing I want to say is everyone who's watching this should subscribe to the UK Bitcoin Master channel. Like, and I always say this, it's not about me, it's about the message. Yeah, So, agreed. every person who likes Bitcoin should be subscribing to every Bitcoiners YouTube channel Simple as that, because the more you subscribe, the more Bitcoin channels you subscribe to, the better the message gets hit on the algorithm and it starts pushing the the Bitcoin videos out there to people. It's absolutely essential to do that. And, you know listen, I'm glad that you're a Brit. What can I say? Like, I think I think that's also cool as well. We need to get more of us uh, out so here do talking I. about
0: it So do I. I love it when Brits are about. I do. You know, it's, it's all US, US, US. And there's nothing wrong with that. I understand, you know, biggest capital markets on planet Earth. I get that. But, you know, I always say that the Brits are a sceptical bunch. But once we get our teeth into something, we've got that British bulldog mentality and we don't
1: let go. That's- I don't, I don't care what anyone says, right? The, the Brits, we took over half of the entire damn world from an island. So America can talk about all it wants to. And they, they basically, I love America, by the way. I just want to point that out. America can talk about all it wants to, but it got, when it got, uh, you know, situated in a place which is hard to invade, which is number one, we did it from an island that you could invade from any direction any direction you could have invaded the uk still took over half the world so and you know the uk financial system is is still pretty it's still pretty powerful from an empirical perspective so yes i'm a proud brit and i think we need to get more british people into bitcoin i'm devastated with what's going on in the uk as far as politics go and everything else which is why i choose not to live in the uk but i would happily return back to the uk if the politics and and uh you know everything else straightened out again and we got back <laughs> To putting up British flags instead of other flags. Oh,
0: don't don't start me on that because I don't want you know. There's going to be different people with different views, but I've got my own views. Um, did you hear earlier today on Twitter? I know you're six hours behind me, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, there was somebody tweeted. I think it was it Bitcoin Magazine. No, no, I don't think it was. But the UK are going to now pass a law, or they're pushing a bill through to make it so that you've got to take an exam before you can buy Bitcoin a dumb.
1: yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's uh i didn't hear that but it doesn't surprise me right i need to go look at that Um, uh, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me listen at the end of the day the biggest choke point is that the reason why governments and want people to invest in property and one of the things that surprises me about the uk is we don't have a 30-year mortgage like the us does yep. we don't have um you know we don't have a 1031 exchange uh system like the us does to incentivize people to stay in property otherwise property prices would be a lot higher in the uk Um, but the reason why governments love property is because it locks the capital within the borders of the country and they can't do that with bitcoin unless it is uh an exchange traded product like an etf right which is why they will have these choke point moments where they will try and lock off your access to bitcoin yeah but at what rather the only way they'll give you access is through these speculative uh products which is within the control of the country itself and the capital is within the control of the country so not only is time running out for price time is also running out for access mm. so depending on how smart you are and how you know freedom-minded you are like i have you know some bitcoin that is completely untouchable i also have some bitcoin in gbtc right mm. so you know, I have a balance of of, of exposures uh, across all different uh, across all different planes, and and that's what it's about. You know, again, access, time for access is running out, and time for time for price is running out too. So, I don't know what to say. Like, I I know I won't be around in eight years. I just know that. You know, no. it, there won't be any value in me saying
0: anything. I pretty well eight. know it as well because I want to go off and see the world with my lovely wife. <laughs> exactly. There's things you need exactly. to do. You know, I, I don't want to lie on my deathbed saying, "No, oh, I wish I'd have done more podcasts." No, <laughs> I want exactly. more experiences. That's what it's about. British Huddle has been an absolute blast, my friend. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm just going to go over to my my um, my desktop and and show a quick quote. And I think this quote is quite relevant to this show. Will you stay in my green room? I'd love to have a quick thirty second chat before we go or we've got a run
1: no no I'll, I'll stay my my honor for thank you for having me on and uh again anything i can do to help just just let me know and i think you're doing an, an amazing uh, job well. and again everyone who's watching this you better subscribe to the big uk bitcoin master channel because if you don't you're just a trader.
0: yes agreed and the same my audience isn't as big as yours but i keep plug in you and what you're talking about and your channel on all of my shows so the subscribers that i have got please subscribe to british huddle as well let's build a more of a british culture around bitcoin and let's make people take notice of us that's what i'm up for and that's why i keep doing what i'm doing look stay there i'm just going to go over to my desktop for one minute uh people look at this quote no one was ever injured by the truth. Isn't that interesting? But he who persists in self-deception and ignorance is injured, said the awesome Marcus Aurelius. People, you need to know the truth. Bitcoin is truth. It is the truth. If you're new to all of this, Please, please, please go and do some research. I've got over 600 videos. Go and check out British Hoddles videos. There is so much content. Peter McCormack's What Bitcoin Did videos. There are tons out of there. Um, all I would ask before we close the show off is this, and that is... If you can go back into the show after this live stream has ended and leave a comment, good or bad, I don't mind. But the more comments that go into my YouTube studio, again, as British Hoddle said, the more we will um, mess with YouTube's algorithm and keep this current for longer so more regular people can get their eyeballs on it. That is it, people. British huddle again, thank you again. I'll catch you in the green room in a second. But I'll be back on uh, Monday. People, I go live every Monday and every Thursday at 6pm London, UKBitcoinMaster.com. Come and subscribe. Come and be part of our group. It'd be great to have you. But for now, all it leaves me to do is wish you an, an incredible morning, afternoon, evening, weekend, whatever you're doing. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. This is your alternative to the lying, crappy BBC, The Bullish Bitcoin Channel. I am out of here. HODL, British huddle. I will catch you in the green room after this quick social media outro.